to Beer Me. I'm your host, Sarah Jane. Every week, I will have a different guest on the show to discuss different parts of the beer world. From brewers, importers, educators, this will allow us to examine the dynamic world of beer through different lenses. Whether you're new to beer or a seasoned professional, we will have something for you. So I'm very excited this week uh, to welcome onto the show Eric McCrory. He is the Senior Manager of Product Education and Culinary at the Boston Beer Company. I had to take a breath between your the beginning and end of your title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was saying earlier, they just they just keep tacking things on. They're like, do this. Okay, now now do this. We'll just keep adding things on your title. So we'll see, we'll see if, if I talk to you in a couple more years what it is. <laughs> no, no, that's the that's the mark of, you know, how long you've been with the company is just how long it takes to get through your title. Well, um, so Eric, thank you so much for for coming on the show. You have an amazing background. You're an advanced Cicerone. Um, you've been with Boston Beer Company for many years now. You've, you know, dipped into the cider world as well. You are a wealth of knowledge, and that is why I specifically wanted you to come on the show because I want to spend the next 30 minutes talking about hard seltzer. Fantastic. Um, (laughs) So hard seltzer, um, and listeners, you all know this, um, is a massive part of the market. This is a growing trend. It is not going anywhere. Almost every major brand um, is releasing seltzers in the past couple of years. You've got Corona, Tobo Chico, um, Bud Light. They've got all their own seltzers. There's a ton of craft producers that are making seltzers, but truly and White Claw make up 75% of the hard seltzer market, according to Nielsen data as of June 2020. So as truly is under the Boston Beer Company umbrella, I thought who better to chat with than the man, you know, within Boston Beer Company who does all of these things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's so funny. We I started off as a beer educator and then moved to beer insider educator and then when Truly came out, it just exploded and everyone was asking for hard seltzer training. And I was like, I don't really have anything. So we had to, you know, frantically annoy our new product developers and, uh, you know, our seltzer makers trying to dig into to that and figure out what's behind it. And how can I teach people about this? It was pretty fun. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a really cool topic. And I, I think it's... I think it's something that's definitely here to stay. So I kind of want to start at the very beginning. Hard seltzer is essentially sparkling water with alcohol. Exactly. How does how does <laughs> how does producing seltzer differ from producing beer? Yeah, great question. So start off um, with that. Yeah. So what I always like to say is we're a fermentation company, right? And so we started out fermenting uh, barley and making beer. Then we got into fermenting apples and making cider. And then we we started messing around with twisted tea, fermenting, you know, again, barley to make a clear malt base. And now we are fermenting sugar to make seltzer. And so that's what it really starts with is this alcoholic base that we make. And we really put our fermenting, you know, chops to work and uh, our yeast yeast management to work to, to make that happen. So that's that's really where it starts. Other than that, it's completely different than beer. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as the base goes for and let's 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 knock it back a little bit for people who are maybe just like brand new to this concept. 
what are you using? Because fermentation is you're, you're taking something that has sugar content and you're using yeast and you're converting into um, alcohol and CO2, right? I'm, I'm not Correct. diverting, diverting the plan here. Um, Pretty simple. So for the item with, with sugar content, what is the base for Truly? Yeah, so um, we, we're literally just taking water and sucrose. Um, and okay. so with, with beer, what you're doing, uh, the whole beginning of the brewing process is taking barley and extracting the sugar, the, changing the starches into sugar so that the yeast can, I always think of yeast as like Pac-Man, and it eats those little sugar particles and kind of poops out alcohol and, you know, pees out esters and phenols and CO2. And so... Very, you know, childish way of thinking of it. You can think of it as Pac-Man I picture it. Sugar. I picture it like a delicate <laughs> belch, you know? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Um, so, yeah, so the, our base is water and sucrose, water and sugar. So we kind of mm-hmm. bypass that whole beginning step with beer, and we're just using the sugar. Uh, and there's some great things about that. And then there's some, you know, uh, hurdles that you got to get around because along with Uh, you know, making beer, you get nutrients uh, for the yeast from the barley. We don't have that if you're just putting in sugar. So yeah, you're missing out on like protein structures and yeah. Exactly, exactly. And so what we really do is we have sugar, we have water and we add nutrients and yeast and we ferment from there. And that's that's really how we start. We let that ferment for about four days. Uh, We use a really vigorous process where we aerate the sugar water really well to promote a vigorous, vigorous fermentation. Uh, and then after four days, we come out with something that's about 20% ABV. And we have this alcoholic base that's just made from sugar, water, nutrients, really. And then yeast goes to town on it. And you're left with this, this 20% ABV base. That is how we start with our seltzer. Okay. So with that, in mind, what kind of yeast considerations do you need? Because I'm imagining you can't just use any old, you're not pitching ale yeast, right? Well, actually we are. It is. You are? We call it, it's a turbo ale yeast, really. Um, Okay. And, you know, I, I, you, depending on what you want to do, and I can only speak to kind of what we do, a lot of the yeast will work. Uh, A yeast that can survive in a high alcohol environment um, and we'll get to kind of why we do that later um, mm-hmm. because we want to have an alcoholic base that's high ABV so we can blend with it a little bit differently. And so we want something that can survive in high alcohol that uh, doesn't put off too many off flavors, uh, not having the right nutrients, <laughs> uh, and that can ferment pretty fast and, and robustly, I guess, is the way to say it. So that's kind of what we were looking for in a yeast strain was, all right, it needs to go fast vigorous, high ABV, it needs to survive in a high alcohol environment. And it's got to be pretty good to not have all the correct nutrients because we can try, but it's not going to be natural like barley or cider would. I gotcha. Okay. And then once you end up with that product that is 20% ABV, where do you go from there? So uh, the first step starts off with the fermentation, right? And um, then it's really all about the filtration because so I've tasted this, the sucrose base is what we call it, pre-filtration and post-filtration. And man, is it different. 
So pre, pre-filtration steps that we do, it has a little bit of a kind of a copper, uh, maybe, I don't want to say dirty water, but like a dirty watercolor almost, like yellow. And it has a bunch, a slew of like weird flavors and aromas. We send it through, our first step is to centrifuge it, just like you would beer. Uh, pull out, pulling out any of the leftover yeast particulates um, from fermentation. So centrifuging it, then it goes into our first, our filtration same filtration we use for beer, uh, for cider. That's the next step. It can use any type of filtration that a brewery has from a DE to a cartridge, whatever you've got, that's what we do next. Now is when we start adding some extra filtration steps in because next we're doing a carbon treatment. And I think of this just like your filter that you filter your water in your refrigerator or through a Brita filter. Oh, like um, a Brita filter. Okay. It's a carbon filter. It's like the same thing. Uh, you know, it's really absorbing. Well, I'll go into that in a second. But yeah, so first filtration is like beer. Centrifuge, yeah. cartridge or DE, whatever it is. Then the carbon filter, it's going to really start to absorb these unwanted aromas, unwanted flavors. After that, it's a little bit acidic, a little bit sour. And so then we're going to take it through another filtration step. And... We call, we'll call this a final filtration. This is when it gets a little bit of proprietary, right? Because the filtration is really how these seltzers kind of differentiate. How clean can you get it at the end? And crisp. And our, exactly, crisp. And so our final filtration step is really uh, extremely, extremely precise filtration. And the goal after that final kind of filtration, the, the precise filtration, is to come out with uh, a product that is super clean. We want it to taste like a high-end vodka that's been diluted because uh, it's not going to be as high ABV as a high-end vodka. And so if you take prior filtration, that, that sucrose base, post-filtration sucrose base, before all the filter, it's a little bit light copper in color. It has small flavors. It's more acidic. And post-filtration, it is completely crystal clear. It um, tastes like gray goose that's been diluted down to about 20% ABV. And so that's really where the magic happens for seltzer. It's not as fun, as artsy um, as beer, but it's artsy. I think I think of it as a different way. It's more, you know, science art. <laughs> science art is a thing. Uh, but, you know, we have um, a, PA, a, a yeast doctor, we call him. His name is Urs. He is third generation PhD in yeast from Germany who has, yeah, who's just always worked on all of our yeast programs. That's the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah, he is amazing. He's one of the greatest person people ever. I'm reading these like yeast books and I'll be like, Urs, I I see they quoted you here. And he's like, actually, that's my grandfather. And then I'll be like, oh, I found a different page. And he's like, that's my father. He's like, turn to page 582. That's me. And I'm like, man, you are smarter than I could ever imagine to be. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about a cool family business. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. His his grandfather like invented one of the types of conical fermenters or something like that, which is cra- crazy. So not the conical fermenter, but like some sort of fermentation equipment his grandfather invented, which is pretty fantastic too. Wow, that is amazing. And so he just he's is he like your in house like yeast wrangler? Exactly. He calls them his yeast babies. He'll be like, I'll be like, Ors, what are you doing? He's yes. like, oh, just growing yeast babies today. <laughs> so, 
Oh, he's a character. He's one of those people heard. that I wish everybody could meet because he's awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. See, see, that is the, those are the kinds of, you know, uh, social media posts I want to see, like just, you know, Instagram stories of like a really intelligent person talking about their yeast babies. Like that's, right? that's all I want. <laughs> I, I just love that he calls them his yeast babies too. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, he worked really hard on this. Uh, mm-hmm. Casey O'Neill, who uh, is kind of the inventor of Truly, she this is poured her heart and soul into this. You know, in 2015, she was getting a um, master's in innovation. And this was like her thesis paper. And I've got a picture of it says like hard seltzer water or something like that on the paper. And that is what turned into Truly. And she has, you know, kind of been guiding this along along with her team and the rest of our new product developers like Annette Fritch. They have been really guiding this along. And so we're really lucky as a company to have this whole kind of science product developer side along with our amazing brewers. And they're starting to work together more and more and blend these boundaries of fermentation. And that's kind of how we always come back to it. We're like, listen, this is all fermentation. It is an art. It's a science. You can make beautifully complex beverages with fermentation of all sorts. And so that's kind of how we... Think are starting to think about it more and more as it used to be separate. Like we had the new product developers, we had the brewers, and now they're really blending and working together. As far as seltzer goes, you know, as a concept, I mean, this is it's not going anywhere. It's it's rapidly growing. Everybody's doing, everyone's doing seltzer. I've tried so so many seltzers in the past couple of months. It is unbelievable, and a lot of it does come. A lot of it does come down to the kind of clean, crisp texture. And it's interesting to see different craft producers and their interpretation of seltzer. But where where do you kind of see this going or where would you want to see it going? I mean, do you want to see the market, you know, continuously flooded? I mean, obviously it's just means competition for you, but you know, what is what is what is something that you've seen that's kind of exciting within this trend? Well I think now what you're seeing is, you know, you you're still getting a, a lot of new entries and they're doing it all sorts of ways. Like there's a lot of brewers who are doing a malt base version of a seltzer too, not the sucrose base like we are. White Claw, us, we're all doing that sucrose base. I think to keep it gluten-free, to keep it, I think it can be a little bit more clean too, a little bit crisper on the finish. But um, I think what we're really seeing now is line extensions, different flavors, because once you perfect that base, that's where the imagination and the art, like, all right, what can we come up with now? I mean, for Truly, we went from all the Truly original, uh, you know, wild berry to then the tropical to the citrus to then we were like, okay, uh, lemonade. Uh, so Truly lemonade, line extension, different packaging. Then Truly tea, iced tea versions. Then Truly punch, when we were doing all the punches. And then we've got margaritas coming out and White Claw and Bud Light. They're all kind of doing the same thing. And so I'll be really interested to see with the explosion of RTD cocktail, canned cocktails and all these other ready-to-drink drinks, it's really starting to blur. Is this a seltzer? Is this uh, a cocktail? Is this a malt-based cocktail? What is it? But I think it's kind of fun because people can just experiment, come up with different fun flavors, different ideas. Hey, what if I want to do uh, you know, a margarita using the sucrose base? Great. What if I want to do a margarita using a malt base? Cool. Let's try it. So really, um, now is now that you have that 
that base. It's the sky's the limit, and that's where imagination comes in. Uh, so I think that's what we'll see is a lot more line extensions of the big players in the Celtic category. No, and I mean, that was something that, you know, you kind of saw people playing with before uh, COVID. I remember we were messing around with uh, Truly on draft, but the unflavored Truly and using it as kind of like a, a finishing you know, for spritz cocktails and and stuff like that. And it was just like uh, in place of your club soda, but it was just on draft and it was like a nice little shot of a little extra booze um, in an otherwise pretty low ABV cocktail. So I think there's a lot of fun stuff and a lot of directions that you can take seltzer in that beer doesn't necessarily lend itself to. You know what I mean? Totally. Uh, yeah, Like you said, especially with the flavors. And then for a restaurant owner, extending kind of the draft offerings because you have, you know, 20 draft lines, 30 draft lines, whatever, whatever it may be, what gets you there to your, your guest satisfaction, your drinker satisfaction? You know, do I have five IPAs, couple local, the seasonal, I still have three lines left over. Okay. One is a cider. Okay. Do I have a sixth IPA or is that 30th line better served as a seltzer? Probably. You know, with the explosion of seltzer and how big it is now. <laughs> but this whole, you know, Beyond Beer segment is just taking off with with all these new innovative things that can be poured on draft. So uh, you mentioned that the truly the unflavored. Uh, we thought that was awesome. It didn't work at all. <laughs> so I know. We, we I know. actually tra- took it away and we, we switched to just our the Wildberry, uh, which is our best mm-hmm. selling, and put that on draft. And now that's doing really, really well. So... <laughs> So are you seeing more and more seltzer being lopped in with beer and and on lists and things like that? Or is it kind of lending itself more to the ready-to-drink cocktail segment? Yeah, so the way that Nielsen and a lot of our off-premise, like grocery store retailers, are, are thinking about it and talking about it, there are three main categories, wine, spirits, and beer. And under beer, this subsegment of beyond beer is rolled into the beer category, the beer category. So when we're looking at numbers and stuff, it's it's beer, and then under beer, beyond beer segment is includes seltzer, it includes cider, it includes these ready-to-drink malt-based cocktails, it includes flavored malt beverages like twisted tea and Mike's Hard Lemonade. So it's this fourth sub-segment within beer that is really what's exploding right now. And these numbers are all rolling up in most of the data into the beer category, which is good for us. Yeah, I feel like, you know, especially during COVID when, when craft brewers took such a hit, I think more and more started to embrace, you know, things outside of traditional beer recipes. You saw um, more fruited beers, beer seltzer, you know, seltzer production. There was beer slushies. I mean, it was it was one of those things. It was like anything we can do to widen the net of consumers and create like gateway drugs, not drugs, but like gateway <laughs> that you too, know, up in products <laughs> up in Canada. Everybody's <laughs> everybody's beers. messing around with those with cannabis beers in Canada now that it's legal up there. So yeah, you're right. You For got sure. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, actually, you know what? While we're while we're on that topic um, about cannabis beers, I mean, at some point the U.S. is you know there's different states who are embracing it. But I mean, is that 
is that something that you've had experience with like producing or, or seeing produced and, and, you know, kind of how does that, how does that differ? Yeah, uh, we announced it a while, a, a few months ago, but we did start a branch in Canada called uh, BBCCC, Boston Beer Cannabis Company. I don't know how it all works in the acronym, but uh, so we hired uh, a, a great guy named Paul Weaver, who has uh, worked in the industry for a long, long time. And we're starting to mess around uh, with a product up there because, again, it's legal na- national and you know, once uh, once it is legalized nationally here, we hope to, you know, be ready with an amazing product that, uh, or at least have an understanding of how to make it and how to work with it and, and all that so that we're ready to go here. And so this will be, we're not mixing with beer and uh, THC yet, or I don't know, ever. I don't know the, I'm guessing the legalities there is going to be pretty far away. We'll, we'll come first with a THC drink of some kind and then. Who knows, maybe a CBD beer first and who knows how laws will work and we'll, we'll go from there. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a ever changing adventure. It's kind of a, the Wild West. Um, so let's get back to seltzer. Yes, um, back to seltzer. That was that was my fault. Um, no, it's all so... good. And we can keep going through the <laughs> process, too, if you want. I know we ended with that filtration. Yes. Um, I don't know if you want to talk anymore because right so – after that, yeah. So filtration, got, and then and then take us through, take us take us all the way to packaging because I really yeah. derailed us. <laughs> yeah. No. All good. All good. Because I said there's two main parts, right? First, we got to make mm-hmm. this base. We've got it. We've got this yeah. beautiful, almost like a high end vodka diluted base. So now is when the blending comes in, and so, and again, all other processes might be a little bit different. They're probably all similar. Um, but this is our process again, so just a caveat there. The first thing we do in the blending stage is we take that 20% ABV and we dilute it down with carbonated water. You know, have filtered water so it's not bringing any off flavors. It should be completely clean and void of flavor. But yeah, carbonated, carbonated water, so we start to bring in that carbonation. Next thing is to add some sugar uh, because we fermented away all the sweetness, right? So... We want to back sweeten a little bit um, in order to bring some sugar back in the mix, rounding out the mouth, the mouth feel, just, you know, make it taste good again. And then we're going to start to add some stuff to adjust the pH to get the pH kind of back into the range we want it to be so that it tastes right. Usually it's some sort of like we're adding some sort of acidity to it to make it taste a little bit better. And so then we've got kind of a real seltzer now. So we've diluted it down to about 5%. It's carbonated. It's got some sweetness in there. And now is when we can do a flavor addition. And that's where, hey, what do we want to make? Are we making mango? Are we making wild berry? Are we making lemonade? That's when we start to work with these flavor additions that are pretty cool. Then um, the final little part then is we do some spec checks. Hey, is this, you know, the right AB is all for the, you know, TTB. So this is hitting the TTB laws for everything. And then finally, we do one last inline blending as we're sending it to packaging. We have this great system. We're very fortunate to have where as it's it's going through the, the, the line, we have a computer that'll check to make sure it's at 5%, that the carbonation is at 2.7 volumes of CO2, and it will adjust carbonation and alcohol to be 
exactly right, um, right before it's packaged, then it's packaged and into your hand. Okay. So from start to finish, how long is this process taking? So four days is, is really the period. Um, if it's something we already know, once we have it, once we have that base, the rest of it can be done in basically a day if, if we're doing everything else. If we're developing something you know new, obviously a lot longer. But you know that's what was really, I think, everybody making seltzer had a lot of capacity issues because it's a whole different animal, right? And so we were transitioning our procedures and our processes and our breweries to really be able to take on the crazy, crazy demand that seltzer went from zero to a million in like a day. And so, um, you know, that's what was a lot of the capacity constraints were some of the stuff I just talked about. But once we got all that figured out, it goes pretty quick. And I mean, from a production and, and profit spectrum, it's it's a lot faster. So you're you're turning you're turning a profit a lot quickly. I mean, you're not doing some, you know, barrel age Flanders ale. I mean, this is (laughs) yet. You've got maybe truly will pair with Rodenbach (laughs) in the future. (laughs) Cantillon truly collab. I I don't know if we can make that happen, but that would be pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) That would be wild. Cantillon seltzer. I'd be like, all right, go home world. You're drunk. (laughs) But I would definitely stand in line to drink one. I would, yeah. Of of the beers that I would stand in line for, I would, I'd have to try that. <laughs> right? Just, it might sound like a terrible idea, but I would be so intrigued that I'd have to try it. Okay. So from a production standpoint, this is a lot, I mean, once you have it down, it's a lot quicker turnaround than beer. From a storage and service standpoint, this is also a lot easier than beer. This is so a lot less easier. temperamental. Don't have well, to worry so about always, light struck. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have to worry about, you know, cold storage, um, all of that stuff. I mean, the uh, over time, year or so probably, the aromas will diminish because those volatile aroma compounds are going to, you know, blow off just like, you know, think about like a hop, like a very aromatic hop. Over time, you're going to lose aroma, not as fast as that, but over time you'll have diminished aroma, but not super fast. So yeah, it's much easier. It's a lot easier. And I mean, as far as service goes, there's not a, you know, a step-by-step, here's how you pour it from the bottle, or here's yeah, how you exactly. pour it from the draft. You just <laughs> draft. The hardest thing we found is with service, when people have uh, a seltzer and they're pouring, especially on draft, servers come by and refill it with a water pitcher. They're like, no. Oh, no. And so <laughs> right now we're like, okay, how do we get that to stop? <laughs> We have to get, you know, a frosted glass or some sort of logo glass so the servers know that's not water. That's alcoholic water. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, that's been like the, you'd that's almost been the hardest you'd thing. almost need like a like a stir or something to designate it. Yeah, oh, and so man. like for us, we're 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 gonna try. We have these frosted mug like the, the look. Their look is frosted mugs, but I mean, you know, how many times you go to a restaurant and you get a beer in a different glass? you know, than what you're drinking. It's hard. It's hard to keep up with service, with clean glassware and all that. So I don't know if it'll work, but we're going to try to come up with some solutions. <laughs> well, that's awesome. And now, okay, so I got to ask, what is your favorite flavor of Truly Seltzer? Yes. So is that, I, a, is that an okay thing to ask? Is that, that's an okay. is that too yeah, personal? Okay thing. No, okay. It, I mean, it is, but listen, <laughs> we're, we're here amongst friends. So I feel comfortable okay. answering it. 
<laughs> no, uh, you know, and this is this is a, a question that uh, you know I get all the time about beer. What's your favorite style of beer? And but truly, less so, but it changes based on your moment, your mood, where you are, who you're with, all that. I typically like to go to the citrus or the tropical packs of Truly. I really like mango. I really like the lime, like one of the original. just tastes like a soda water with lime. It's so good. Those are really my go-to. But, man, on a hot day, if it's blazing hot outside, those Truly lemonades are good. <laughs> They're thirst-quenching if you're by the pool and it's Oh, yeah. Those, the strawberry lemonades delicious so uh i kind of bounce around but i typically stick with the citrus the tropical packs really good yeah no i i always i always feel like the truly lime is usually my go-to flavor because it's it's just like simple super simple super refreshing Mm -hmm. but if you are ever in dc you should really check out dc brows full transparency seltzer oh i definitely will i love i love coming to dc to eat and drink it's it's one of my you know, favorite spots to come and visit and eat at and you know, all sorts of great beer bars there. So I, I love going to D.C. and speaking or training. I always have to find a good reason to get there a couple times a year. <laughs> you know, oh, if I have for to sure. on a I panel mean, or whatever, it's great. Come, come, you know, visit you maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're incredibly spoiled. But yeah, there's there's a lot of fun stuff to try on the market. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and for kind of breaking down like a seltzer one-on-one class um, for for our listeners. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Well, this has been another episode of Beer Me Radio. Uh, feel free to check us out anywhere you get your podcasts. Like, subscribe, give all the stars, leave all the fun comments. If you do have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to reach out at Beer Me Radio on Instagram or beermeradio at gmail.com. Thank you all for listening. I greatly appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers.